and maybe a a good focus not to take away from some of that because I think that's good and, and good work and um, but to be able to show people why they would want it to be true yes like to show people like why would you want the good news to be true why would why would following Jesus mm-hmm. why is that better than not following Jesus I think well hey there welcome back to the Bible study discussion podcast I'm Wayne I'm here with my co-host I'm Josh and we are jumping in we're not jumping anywhere we are sitting comfortably as we begin to read and discuss Matthew chapter 4 we read chapter 3 last week and uh, next week we'll read chapter 12 that's not true we'll read chapter 5 well we're gonna <laughs> I like go in, order a lot more than that we're gonna yeah. go in order uh, that sounds but, good. but I'll pray and then Josh will read right. in Matthew chapter 4 God I love you Thank you for your love and for your grace. Thank you for this chance to to read your word. God, I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts to your truth, um, that we would learn about who you are and how we can live for you and bring you glory, pointing others towards your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. Hmm. So much stuff. So much stuff. Um, Layers. We see the, uh, we've talked about Matthew pointing out the divinity of, mm-hmm. of Jesus, Jesus being God. Um, I love just the, the quick line that says, he was hungry. Yes. Uh, God doesn't Very get human. hungry. Yes. Humans get hungry. Yes. Um, so just showing that humanity of Jesus. And then that led by the spirit into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I sometimes think that if I'm following what God is leading me to, it leads to good things. You're the only one who ever feels I'm that way. I'm the only one who's ever felt that no, way. We and all do that. Yeah. Um, but led by the spirit into the wilderness. And just the, the commentary is talking about that, that mirroring where um, Israel was led into the uh, wilderness and God cared for them during that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And we talked way back in talking about Matthew 1 and 2 about Matthew setting up Jesus as sort of the new Adam, mm-hmm. the new beginning, new creation, new Genesis, right. but also setting up Jesus as this Moses figure, the deliverer that comes out of uh, Egypt. And, and here we see Matthew pulling on both of those strings again, Mm -hmm. that there is this uh, parallel to, or echo, of 
as the Israelites spent 40 years in the desert, Jesus spends 40 days. There's the uh, echo of the Son of God, that Adam was the first son of God, mm -hmm. uh, and, and now Jesus is carrying that uh, mantle. Um, but uh, he... So, so both of those stories, Adam's story and Israel's story in the desert, were ruined by human sinfulness. Mm -hmm. uh, Adam's time in the garden ends because of uh, Adam and Eve's choices. Um, and uh, Moses's and the, the Israelites' time in the desert gets extended into this 40-year ridiculousness because they just can't be okay with the idea that God's going to take care of them, even though he's proven over and over again that he will. Right. Um, and, and so with their times ruined in that, we see Jesus handle it a lot better than, than they did. Mm -hmm. And even the, the what, what the tempter said to Eve, you know, did God really say that, yeah. that question, what God is saying, and then seeing uh, Satan um, misquoting scripture by picking up halfway through a thought that, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you'll take care of me. We said so. Right. Um, to see those parallels there. Is that how the devil sounds in your head? <laughs> I'm, no, sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, <laughs> And then uh, we, we've talked about identity a lot. Yeah. And just this first question uh, of in 4.3 of, of the tempter questioning mm -hmm. Jesus' identity. Yep. That if, if you are the Son of God, mm -hmm. um, just, yeah, sowing that, that little, bit of, the little bit of doubt. Mm -hmm. um, after 40 days of not eating it, I think right. every time I read this or, or speak about this or talk about this anyway, I talk about how... Um, it says that Jesus fasted for 40 days and, and then he was hungry. And right. I'm like, man, 40, 40 minutes and I'm hungry. <laughs> right, right. Um, but that's, that's a long time. And, and we know uh, scientifically that um, people make worse decisions and do dumber things when they are feeling uh, hungry, lonely, mm -hmm. tired, right. angry. Uh, Jesus is clearly hungry and has been alone from a human perspective and and yet is still able to mm. uh, stand up to these these temptations and these questions mm. in and stand up to the uh, in I suppose a little bit of a I don't know I like some of the ridiculousness in this back and forth with right. uh, Jesus and and Satan because Jesus's first response is to quote scripture Good. Right. We would advise that for any of us. Uh, people do not live by bread alone is in and of itself kind of a, it's a silly statement. He's very hungry and, and people do actually need food right. to be able to live in these earthly bodies. Uh, and yet Jesus is immediately saying, hey, my, my mission is not going to be about what is best for my earthly body. Right. My mission is going to be about what is best for uh, the um, for humanity, for the mission that I'm on, for um, for my relationship uh, hmm. with with God. The the commentator, because I've always really understood this as a as an identity question, and I I think that's a really good way to uh, to look at this. The commentator uh, that I was looking at uh, most deeply was was saying that he doesn't see this as an identity issue, that Jesus would be really, really clear on his identity, that that wouldn't be questionable. Um, I think because this comes right out of 
the baptism story right. where he's declared the son of God. Mm-hmm. I think it, it makes sense that Matthew would be setting it up that way. What he focuses on, on though, is not so much the identity as the relationship mm-hmm. between the son and the father. That what Satan is really questioning is, is God going to take care of you? Right. Um, which is absolutely part of this uh, as well. And I, I think it can be, I think it can be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was, there was three tests, uh, uh, the biblical background commentary, New Testament edition. I'm from InterVarsity Press. So InterVarsity IVP, Press. BBC, and T. Oh my gosh. As I like to call it. Yeah. Um, just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> it does. I'm going to get a t-shirt with that on it, so I have to explain it to people. Mm-hmm. My favorite t-shirts, as well as my favorite jokes, the ones you have to explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it talks yeah, about how the, right. the three tests of Israel during the 40 years in in the desert kind of mirrored these three tests um, that, that that Jesus was uh, tempted with. And, yeah, that, that Jesus uh, fulfilling these tests where, where Adam, where Moses, where Israel has, has failed in the past mm-hmm. is... Uh, and it's something like it, when when you think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But sometimes when you've just read this for your life, you don't. Right. Like, oh, yeah, 40, that's an important number. Sure. For some yeah. reason. Right. Uh, maybe because Israel's in maybe the, the, the flood with the rains. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe well, Moses on the mountain happening. for 40 sure. days and 40 nights right. yeah. up on the mountain. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, this is. Lots of times. This is a number we should uh, read all those stories and have those in mind when we. Yes. Because for sure Matthew does and for sure right. his. His uh, his readers do, and uh, Jesus is um, actually actually all of the scriptures that he uh, pulls from um, are from a very small section of scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all from Deuteronomy six through eight, um, uh, chapters six through eight, uh, and and so that in and of itself can be a good practice to go back and say, oh. Right. Let's read the what what exactly is being communicated in these chapters that Jesus is relying on and building the foundation of his resistance to temptation mm-hmm. on. I think like we talked about last week, just that little bit of like uh, Jesus not overcoming the devil because he's God necessarily, but like relying right. on being led by the Spirit and so empowered mm-hmm. by the Spirit and and knowing the scriptures um, mm-hmm. to fight those temptations. Kind of just as an example, like of ways uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to memorize more scripture. Yeah. It's, I want to say it's hard. I don't think it's hard. I think we're just lazy as humans. <laughs> That's <laughs> like my I, problem. Like, I don't think it's actually that hard to do. Yeah. It's just hard to decide that that's what I should be doing at the time. Yeah. Uh, once I actually start doing it, it's like, oh, this, like, it's it's not that hard. And to even think about how much scripture, um, like, not the good students, but like, just the, this is the school you have to do students would have memorized. Right. Like, oh. Right. It's not yeah. hard. I'm lazy. Sure. Um, and distracted. And distracted. And, and interested by crushing candies and crafting minds. Crafting minds. Yeah. Or whatever I, your vice is. Your particular. Yes. And um, to and for me, I really, really struggle with uh, habits of memorization. I've, I've never been good at memorization, um, which again. Maybe a lot of determination issue more than brain issue, uh, and and yet I've discovered that I have way more scripture that I can quote now than I did twenty years ago. Hmm. In not because I've set out to memorize more, but because I've met, spent more time in it, mm-hmm. and 
some of that has been because I'm a pastor and I'm teaching it to people. And so I need to spend more time in it for my job. But I really think that's going to be true for everybody, that the more time you spend in it and the people that we think of, we go, man, they just have scriptures ready. It is not just because 30 years ago they spent a bunch of time memorizing it. Like right. They spend time in it mm-hmm. um, and uh, and spend time trying to live it out, right. most of them, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that in and of itself just brings it more to to top of mind when mm. when we need it. Uh, I I think it's fair to mention that as we look at these three temptations, that they come in three different locations, um, and uh, there is no mountain that we are aware of that would have been tall enough for Satan to zoom Jesus to and be able to see all the kingdoms of the world. Right. Uh, my understanding, having never been to the Holy Land myself, is there isn't a mountain... Like, at least what we would call a mountain in the Pacific Northwest, there is nothing like that. Um, And so what we're talking about here is we're talking about some sort of vision. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes when when we say vision instead of a a real, like, tactile experience in a real place, that our 21st century minds sort of diminish it and say, oh, well, that's less... Hmm. Um, that's that's almost imaginary. Like we think of it, oh, Jesus and his little he was he was hallucinating at the end of his forty days of being hungry. Uh, he's he's having a vision of a battle between good and evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of history of that in uh, in the Bible and in other uh, religious texts, um, and and it is uh, uh, Jesus walking through these these steps and and these temptations um, and. Uh, and Satan's strategies are uh, predictable in the sense that, like you said, these are the same things he was tempting right. Eve with, he's tempting Israelites with, uh, but that he would uh, start with a, hey, make sure you take care of you, you first. Like, mm. okay, wh- what do you need? Like, make sure you take care of you, uh, kind of... Uh, the loaves of, of bread, and mm-hmm. and that's not in any way commentary on self care. Just a, uh, it's easy when we get real self focused to lose focus on the mm-hmm. mission that we're on. Right. He's trying to distract him. Maybe that's a better way to put it, um, and uh, distract him from his, his actual purpose. And then I love that Jesus quotes scripture back at him. So then Satan's second one is to then say, "Oh, you want to play the quote scripture game? Okay, well let me quote this half of scripture right. poorly," uh, and. Uh, and then, but Jesus continues to stick with, uh, with with scripture and saying, "Yeah, but this is." Um, he he doesn't even uh, invalidate what Satan is quoting. Right. He doesn't give him a three part sermon on why that's not what it meant. Mm-hmm. He just says, "Yeah, but but let's bring this back to truth." Like, mm-hmm. and here's 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 more truth, and um, and and in in the. And then the third one, Satan gives up on the, like, if you are the son of God part. Right. He's like, okay, well, clearly that tactic isn't working, challenging your identity or your relationship with the father or whatever right. we're challenging here. So let's just go straight to power. Like, mm-hmm. how would you like to be in charge of the whole world? Mm-hmm. Which uh, actually lines up more specifically with Jesus's mission than anything else he's been telling him. Like, he tried to distract him. Right. Um, he tried to uh, to to test him. Um, do, like, is God really going to take care of you? And then he just goes, okay, he, I'll help you fulfill your mission. You're mm-hmm. on this holy mission that you won't get distracted from. Let me help you fulfill it. Let's take this shortcut. And Jesus says, no, I'm not going to do that mm-hmm. either. 
one of the commentaries that I was reading talked about how that, that last one was um, really would have been making Jesus more the Messiah that the people mm, were looking for yep. than the one he came to be, mm-hmm. the, the political, mm-hmm. the, the nationalistic yeah. uh, ruler of these people thing. Yeah, here, let me help you meet people's expectations. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, that would be a temptation. It'd be hard for me to turn down. And yeah. I found uh, something interesting at the end of that that it says that Satan left him, and then one of the uh, one of the soldiers around Jesus on the cross uh, has the line, if you are the Son of God, come down yeah. from the cross. So we see at the start and at the end that, that same start of the end. line. Yeah, like, the hey, commentary I was looking at pointed out that uh, Jesus almost has to... Uh, refute these again in in reverse order so Mm. um the uh get behind me satan uh he uh he has to like get away from me Mm -hmm. um he has to say that again to peter and i believe chapter 16 Mm -hmm. um and then uh oh i just entirely blanked on what the second one is uh but he he also has to um refute uh this challenge to his divinity see this is why you take notes and then uh, like you said it bookends at mm-hmm. at the end that kind of re- this is not the only time he has to face these temptations again satan has his playbook right we face these things jesus mm-hmm. did and uh and 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 he would make jesus go through it over and over again even right all right uh, verse 12 uh, when he heard that john had been arrested he withdrew into Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulon and land of Naphtali, along the road by the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who live in darkness have seen a great light. And for those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Thanks for taking the reading with the hard words for me. I appreciate yeah. that. Yes, good work. I, uh, I love this, um, this passage. For whatever reason, the images of darkness and light in Scripture have always appealed mm-hmm. to me. And so this quote uh, from the, the prophet Isaiah, the, the people who sat in darkness have seen uh, a great light or who lived in darkness have have seen a great light. It's dawned upon them. Um, I just love that uh, that image of, of what Jesus is, that he is the light of the world mm-hmm. and, and coming uh, into and right up against the darkness that we just saw him combating. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is the time of year when uh, some mornings during my morning walk and pray, uh, I start in the, in the darkness and in, mm. in, in, in the, well, more often than not, in the, in the gray. Um, <laughs> sure. But every yes. once in a while, <laughs> I see a dawn. Right. And be nice. um, like, like there's there's times where I think about his mercies being new every morning. That's something I try to run through every morning. Uh, it's easier on those kinds of mornings when you my walk takes like 45, 50 minutes. So when I, when I start in the mostly dark and in and, and looking at a sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunset, it, sunrise. Sunrise. Yeah, that's a long walk. A long walk. <laughs> Start when it's dark. And, oh, gotta get the steps. Um, but that just, yeah, being able to see that picture of his mercies. New and and mm. even the light that comes on a gray day is oh. is light and, and new day there. Yes. And for, for me, it's interesting, like, 
the the space between 11 and verse 12 on my page is maybe a quarter of an inch. Um, but that gap is up to a year right. in Jesus' ministry. Um, but when you're reading Matthew, you're like, hey, the devil left him. And then, wait, John just baptized him. How is John arrested. already yeah. ar- arrested? But, uh, uh, yeah, and this is where I think uh, uh, harmony, I can never think of that word. <laughs> a harmony, a chronological looking at Jesus' life can be helpful. Like, oh, like this is a gap. And in, in the book of John especially, we see a lot of what probably happened in this gap here. And then also from my reading, I was like, how far is it from Nazareth to Capernaum? And according to Google Maps, which I know isn't exactly where Nazareth yeah, and Capernaum probably it. were, sure. it's 41 kilometers. And I didn't figure out how to change that. So you can tell me in the comments, how many miles is 41 kilometers? It's a lot. Well, I mean, if a 5K that. is about three, then it's right. eight of those. So it's about yeah. 24 miles? Yes. Yeah. That's a good, good walk. Math. It did yeah. say it'd be an eight-hour walk. Yeah. Uh, according to Google Maps today. Yeah, yeah about 24 miles. Then, yeah. So, yeah, but he left Nazareth where he, uh, from what we know, has grown up and moved to Capernaum in Galilee of the Gentiles uh, to a fishing village. So a, a, a really small town of Nazareth to a slightly larger town along a road uh, where he will begin his ministry. And I love verse 17 because... He says the exact same thing that John said in chapter 3. Repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. So that that call to repentance, to a change of mind and a change of direction. And uh, uh, just because we're we're going to uh, leave him now at this point, I I want to give John a a little bit of his uh, just due here. And like we mentioned last week, uh, he gets more attention in Josephus' work uh, this extra biblical, uh, historical, contemporary work uh, than than Jesus does. Uh, Matthew frames this beginning of Jesus's ministry in this v- narrative of John. Like mm. it, it's all within. So he's got the same message that John did. Um, he's led out into the wilderness, like John was out in the wilderness. Right. Um, and uh, even just this assumption that the next important time that that his readers are going to know about, like, this just assumes his readers know, oh, yeah, that time John got arrested. Mm. Uh, and uh, to to sort of set the, the time lapse for this story. Um, and, uh, and so clearly to Matthew, John was a big deal. I mean, he sets this story up in that way. He sets up the message of Jesus even as it um, – is taking John's message, John got arrested, and now Jesus is going to amplify that mm-hmm. in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. You want to read verses 18 through? Yeah, Jesus starts the ministry going. Starting in verse 18. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. I love how sometimes the uh, Bible tells us things that just seem to make sense. Maybe I need to look deeper, but I love, like, they were casting their net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Well, yeah. Like, they weren't just randos <laughs> throwing their net in the sea. But this wasn't, it wasn't like the tax collectors on their vacation, right. you know, doing a little fishing. Yeah. It's because they were fishermen. They were actual that's, fishermen. That's why they were casting yeah. their nets in the sea. Imagine that. 
Yeah. It's like I don't you, know. You got baptized because there was water. There's like, oh, yeah. That took that region. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's a deeper reason that, that he tells us that. But sometimes I get those, oh, yeah. Why? I don't think I needed. No, I, just, I, I, could have, I could have probably gathered that they were fishermen. Sure. If they're casting it. Right. Maybe. Maybe he felt like it was important uh, to to lay that out so that Jesus' wordplay that happens next, which right. I do love that Jesus also loves a good wordplay. Mm-hmm. I'm with him on that one. Uh, that, that oh, we're, we're fishing for people. I get it. He didn't call everybody that way right. when he called these fishermen uh, to, to come and, mm-hmm. and fish for people, which is a very strange phrase in and of itself. It is, but I read that it wasn't as uncommon as we would probably think. Like oh. other teachers, rabbis, disciple would would use refer that to fishing as well. Phraseology, which okay. is interesting. Uh, yeah. I also read that like fishermen uh, were uh, decently well off type of people. Yeah. So he's he's calling uh, calling these people who are are leaving their nets. Uh, two of them leaving their father. So. Likely their family business, mm-hmm. which can see, be seen as a little bit disrespectful to dad. Sure. In honor, shame, culture that they lived sure. in. Sure. Um, but yeah, they weren't. Uh, they weren't walking away from nothing to follow Jesus. They were. Right. They were giving it something up to, yeah. to follow this rabbi. And, yep. Um, and this is one of the things where, if you look at harmonies, it's like, well, who? How many times did he talk to them before, and who did he call first? And and he, you can guess at how those line up, but likely not Jesus' first encounter with sure. the brothers, where he just calls them. They've had some relationship with him, likely, but but still, to to hear the call and and to leave leave what you're doing uh, to do what God's calling you to. It it takes some of the. Um, mysticalness out of it. Like they're not just captivated by this stranger who walked up and said, Hey, come and follow me. And they have this like holy compulsion to go after him. Although they may, they clearly had that as well, but, but there is some sort of likely some sort of relationship involved Mm -hmm. here where they've actually gotten to know him so that when he says, Hey, come and follow me, um, which doesn't just mean, Hey, let's go hang out on the road and be a little traveling show. Right. But come and follow for them would have been a clear invitation to come and learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have some sort of relationship with somebody that then all of a sudden they're saying, Hey, would you be willing to come and learn from me, be mentored by me? There must have been something significant in him for them to go, yes, and not only yes, but we will sacrifice things to do that. Right. Uh, we're going to ditch dad in the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, we we do see uh, Zebedee, and actually both of James and John's parents. Right. Later on in the ministry, they also sort of seem to become part of this traveling party in some mm-hmm. way. Uh, but uh, that Matthew would use the word immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, yeah, that's, that's Mark's word. That's Mark's word. Yeah. Mark, <laughs> gospel of Mark, Mark, everything is immediately. Ooh. People are just snappy, moving right away. Uh, and uh, and so for Matthew to use it, though, he, he doesn't use it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really just dropped everything and, and mm-hmm. walked away. And um, it was, uh, yeah, responding to that call of God on their lives. I, I've often told God that if he wanted to uh, make me super successful... Uh, for five or ten years, I'd be willing to uh, walk away from that for like a call to ministry or something. But okay. Just 
to have been successful for five or ten years. I mean, I feel like that time you got a good retirement set aside and just <laughs> feels like it would have been easier than the route into ministry that I took. Okay, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> easier, I just, like, yeah, I, okay. yeah. And if I had it, I, I probably wouldn't be as eager to say I'd walk away from it as having not really ever had sure. it. Sure, right, right. Uh, no, that there's to well, that level. Uh, for those of us who are not adventurers by nature, which I have no idea for these four guys. Right. Um, there is uh, for for many people to say, "Hey, come and follow and uproot your life." Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be really hard for some people, and and maybe for these guys, maybe one or or more of them were were homebodies, and to to walk away was mm-hmm. was was hard. Yeah. And it might because, uh, like, I uh, I lead a small group, and somebody in my small group has let me know that. Uh, they saw me as an example. Uh, I worked at the jail for a while. A uh, weird job, but a secure job that paid well and had decent benefits. And, and from that job, my next job was in ministry, which paid less and didn't have the benefits. <laughs> right. And to me, that just felt normal. Okay. Like, that's what I knew I was supposed to do. Yep. So, like, if Jesus had this relationship, like, we look at him like, man, they walked away from their... Right. But, but, like, they could have been having conversations with their dad. Hey, right. dad, there's this, this, yeah, this rabbi, guy. and yeah. he's really interesting, and we think he might be something. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we look and go, wow, that's amazing, and it is amazing. But but they might have had more time to process it, and it might have been just sure. like, hey, this is, we felt like this is what our people have been waiting for for a long, long time. Why wouldn't we stop fishing right. to learn from this rabbi. Right, right. Because I was like, yeah, why, why wouldn't I leave this job at the jail that I that I have to provide for my family to right. pursue what I feel like God has been calling me to for mm-hmm. years and a couple decades at this point? It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to leave the secure job to yep. to take the less secure job that I feel sure. God called. It, it felt like, like when you feel like, man, that, that's an amazing idea. I was like, was it? <laughs> it <laughs> oh. feels like the obvious thing. Yeah. <laughs> like and and for uh, for these guys, maybe being a little bit older than your average just starting out disciples of a rabbi, they appear right. to be engaging in the family business. Uh, every time you move into a, f- uh, I don't know a better word than this, so I'll say the further stage of life, but mm-hmm. like uh, to, to be 17 in our culture and say, I'm going to follow Jesus wherever he leads me. Mm-hmm is great uh, to be uh, married with a couple of kids and say, well, I'll go wherever God leads me. Uh, more complicated, more complex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there is something very simple about, well, but we go where God calls us right. to to go. And um, and I think those decisions are best made in community. Absolutely, they may have, like you said, they may have been having those conversations. Uh, but whatever it was, they they responded to the call. Yeah. Beautiful way. Mm-hmm. I'll read verses 23 through the end of the chapter. All right. At least I think it's my turn. I believe so. All right. Now Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news about him spread throughout Syria, so they brought to him all those who were afflicted, those suffering from various diseases and intense pains, the demon-possessed, the epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. One of the things that we uh, didn't talk about uh, earlier, in uh, missed talking about in the prophecy from Isaiah, um, is... In what Matthew chooses to quote, he, uh, Isaiah says, in Galilee where so many Gentiles 
live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we, we again have people coming from all over the place. This continued theme of Matthews of, hey, this isn't just for the Jewish people. This is for all that Jesus is going to invite uh, to be a children of God. Uh, and uh, my other biggest uh, reaction to this uh, this section you just read, maybe the most controversial thing I've ever said on this podcast. Uh, it's not going to be that controversial. The, the idea that, I guess I want to talk about the word all in this, mm. where it says he healed uh, every kind of disease and illness in the New Living Translation. It uses every. Uh, that they're bringing to him all who were sick, um, that uh, people are are coming to him from all, uh, uh, well, I guess all over Judea, um, traveling throughout the region of Galilee. There appears to be some amount of hyperbole here, mm-hmm. which is not a preacher code word for lying. He's not lying about it. He's just saying, okay, from uh, all over Judea, in the same way we'd say, like, well, all over Washington, there are people. So sure, it doesn't mean everybody. Right. Um, but to say that Jesus uh, healed every person who came by um, may be true in this case. Uh, to say that um, he went all over Galilee, like we know that is likely not true. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, people were bringing to him all who were sick. Well, Certainly, there are people who were sick that did not get brought. So, if we're willing to extend to those kind of things, that it doesn't necessarily mean everybody. Mm -hmm. I think it's at least worth considering he may not have healed everyone. We see other stories in scripture where it appears that people are not healed, that Jesus chooses to heal some and not others. We don't know why. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I bring that up only because I know there are some uh, philosophies of ministry and some theologies built on uh, this particular passage um, where, see, everybody who came to Jesus is healed, which means anybody who's sick needs to come to Jesus and Jesus is going to heal all of them. Mm. Um, That's not how we experience life in Christ, most of us. Um, And I don't don't think that's what Matthew is trying to set up here, that everybody Mm -hmm. who will come Right. But again, a little, con- little controversy. And even when we see that the paralytic is lowered, Jesus does end up healing him. Sure. Uh, Jesus seems less concerned with healing him physically than forgiving his sins. Yes. Yep. Um, so I think we also have that narrow vision of what healing looks like. Healing, yeah. to me, looks like my ankle doesn't hurt anymore. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'm not worried about my soul. Right. Maybe I should be more worried <laughs> sure. about my eternal soul yeah. than my, my ankle. ankle. Yeah. Um, I love this at the start of this um, teaching in their synagogues. So Jesus in their places of worship teaching, mm-hmm. not happening later in his ministry. Sure, uh, but right now he is mm-hmm. invited by leaders of the mm-hmm. Jewish places mm-hmm. of worship to teach to open up the scriptures. Mm-hmm. We see one time in Nazareth. Uh, I think one of the commentaries talked about how many of that time of Nazareth was before this going up to Galilee. Okay. In a timeline, like, oh, that makes sense. If if the people in Nazareth want to kill you because of what you said in their synagogue, maybe it's time to go to Capernaum because <laughs> mm-hmm. not very much welcome in the Nazarethian, Nazarethian synagogues. Sure. The synagogues of Nazareth. But that yeah. um, Jesus is currently in this part of ministry invited to to teach 
uh, the scriptures mm-hmm. in their in their Jewish gatherings, um, and then proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And uh, I read or listened to something recently. I believe it was a podcast. I listened to too many of those, <laughs> uh, and they were talking about um, kind of how we've done apologetics of doing our best to convince people that God is real, mm-hmm. that the scriptures are true, and maybe a a good focus not to take away from some of that because I think that's good and, and good work and um, but to be able to show people why they would want it to be true yes like to show people like why would you want the good news to be true why would why would following Jesus mm-hmm. why is that better than not following Jesus I think uh, when I was a teenager uh, a church I was at put on multiple times a production of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames trying to scare scare people away from hell, um, I, I'd much rather encourage people to come to something. Yeah. I think for a long time, uh, especially conservative Christianity, has tried to scare people away mm-hmm. from hell or from not with Jesus, not even not with, just specifically hell. Right. Instead of like showing how a life with Christ is actually a good life. Yes. And starting yeah. from that place, like if we want the good news to be true, there's lots of resources to help us understand how it's true. Yep. But if people don't want it to be true, it doesn't matter that we can prove it. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And and Jesus uh, started with uh, this call to uh, repent for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is is repent of your sins and turn to God because mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven uh, is near. And that's uh, what we see here too as he goes throughout. Uh, the region inviting people to come and follow and come and be a part of the kingdom of God, which he will then spend uh, the next chunk of teaching really laying out what that what that is. Uh, yeah. A big a big thing for me in this one is just being willing to lay down, like the fishermen laid down that job, lay down what I think is important to do what God has called me to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talked, I mean, I left jail for vocational ministry. I left working at the jail. <laughs> These are different vocational experiences. Vocational ministry. Um, and then uh, really got my teeth kicked in vocational ministry in, in a, yeah. for a few years. And so, like, currently am part-time raising support as a missionary, part-time uh, doing digital media work for uh, a real estate office in town. Um, so as you know, 15, 16 year old me felt called to ministry. This isn't what it looked like, right? Uh, at all. Um, so being willing to go, like I don't, I don't know what this looks like. Yes. But I need to be able to lay aside my plans. Mm-hmm. My like, this is the way life should go. To to follow what God has yep. for me. It's something I I feel like I've done multiple times, but doesn't make it like I feel like it never gets normal. I, kind of, sure. I worked at the railroad. I worked graveyard for three years. Um, sleeping during the day never felt normal. Like I didn't adjust <laughs> sure. to it. Like right. I did it, and right. I, I got by. But like it never felt like oh, this is normal. And and even like with uh, seeking to do what God has for me, like yep. done it quite a few times through yep. some fairly ridiculous circumstances, but still doesn't it doesn't feel easy or like the normal thing right to do. But I I. I hope for my kids that they, whatever they think the route and the plan is going to look like, to be willing to say, well, I'm going to take a next step, and whatever God calls me to do, I'm ready to pivot whenever I need to. Right. Uh, man, that taking that posture into 
their adulthood seems like it'd be a whole lot more beneficial long term than saying, well, here's my plan and I know what I'm going to be doing till I'm 65 right. um, to to go. I don't know what it looks like. Ministry has not looked for me like I thought it was going to look like. Uh, marriage has not looked like I expected it to. What? Parenting has. I mean, uh, and and it's easy because we know the end of the story to go. Oh well, of course, if Jesus showed up on the shore and said, "Follow right. me," I'm in. Uh, that looks nothing like what they expected it to mm-hmm. look like. Um, and uh, that's true for us too. That mm-hmm. we're we're following where He leads, whether it looks like what we expected or not. Yeah, I think my big takeaway from this chapter. Uh, is more of a uh, overarching narrative one. I'll, I'll channel my inner Tim Mackey, I guess. But uh, God is is starting over in some sense. Mm-hmm. That we have the image from the end of chapter three of the dove, almost like the Noah story. Right. Um, we have Jesus being cast as the new Adam and the new Moses. These are points of starting over, of God kicking off something new. Um, and he is kicking off... Uh, a a new um, era of humanity in Jesus, and this is just the beginning of it. Indeed. That's good stuff. You ready for a question? Let's do a random question. I think you get to ask me first this time. I tend to put the used ones at the very back, so don't pull from the very back. Don't pull from the very back. You can if you want. Pull from the middle, and then we just never know what's going to happen. Ooh, this is a great question. If you could do something dangerous just once with no risk... I think that wouldn't make it dangerous, but that's fine. Right. If you could do something dangerous just once with no risk, what would you do? Ride a tiger? Ooh. Like bareback. Okay. Just like, just like grabbing up two handfuls of fur yeah. on the neck and just, no risk. And, and just go. Yeah, that's good. Because that sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. I mean, it doesn't because it sounds dangerous to me, but if there was no danger... I mean, there's no risk. Anything even with a little danger, that sounds pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. No, it's a... Uh, you get a good housebroken tiger? Pretty risk. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe like a All giant right. kitty cat. Are you ready? Sure. What remains undone that you've wanted to get done for years? Uh, that's such a good question. Uh, and so worth noting that I... I say that I'm a, a task completion oriented person mm-hmm. um, in the sense that I, uh, I don't like leaving a list, you know, like undone. However, uh, I, there are probably lots of better answers than this, um, but my back deck that uh, we completely tore apart when we moved into the house, mm-hmm. laid out all the boards for, got them screwed in to the point that it is a deck you can walk on. It needs about a uh, hundred more screws, and it's two boards short. <laughs> and it has just been that way for I don't know how many years. And it's not like I didn't have three months at home like the rest of the world in 2020 to finish it. Right. It just didn't. I'm not even sure it crossed my mind. There were other things on my mind at the time, I suppose. But right. I uh, anyway, the the deck is left undone. The deck. A few and, more screws and a couple of boards. And uh, he, that's really, I mean, we're talking about a Saturday afternoon, and I just haven't done it. So there you go. That's my well, let me Let me undone. know when you want to do it. It'll be dry soon. It'll be dry soon. Be happy to come up and, and help put screws there and boards go. on your deck. Perfect. Um, you can let us know in the comments below. Uh, if you could do, if you could do something dangerous with no risk one time, what yeah, would you do? I know. Uh, 
because I need more ideas. So I, I think riding a tiger is like the winning idea. But that that does seem like really good. I feel like we should jump from someplace high or something. But right? I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I, don't know. I feel like I don't know. I figure if, if you know you're gonna die, like I don't. I feel like I know there's no rules or stipulations. On no, the I know. Like, yeah. Like you've skydived and parachuting, that seems Shoot. crazy. It's stuff. like bungee yeah. jumping, like the things where you. Sh I feel like it has to be a thing that you could stay safe doing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Like just right. jumping from right. high with with no way to stop. Right. There's no way to stay safe from that. Uh, yeah. That's I fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You can let us know in the comments. I would love to hear a second place comment for what you would do that was because mine's, mine's first place for sure. Uh, Josh, would you read us the Great Commission as we go? I would love to. Jesus came and told his disciples. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age.